the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and or hola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <The> man. <laughs> Welcome to this ongoing radio laboratory experiment known as the Spud Goodman Show. You know, I should add that no animals have been harmed in the production of this program. You know, maybe a human or two has been annoyed, but that's just collateral damage and nothing to be concerned with. We have a pretty decent show for everyone, so hang with us and find out for yourself. Uh, I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, uh, my Aunt Dorothy. Give the people what they want, okay? Just a little sample of your tone. <laughs> oh, Spud, I didn't get much sleep last night, so I'm dragging a bit here. It's it's okay, you know. Most shows I come in with around a 40% effort, if that, you know. And so who am I to judge? Uh, that's true. Also with us is our temporary permanent co-host, Mr. Gerald Holcomb. Say a word or two. Not not three or four, just one word or two. Yo, well, that's that's a tough choice for me. Just one word? I mean, even two's a challenge. How about this? Uh, hello, everyone. No, did, did, that, did that have an exclamation point after everyone? Well, I'm yeah. just asking. I, I suppose. Anyway, uh, anyway, what I wanted to bring up was the topic of frosting tonight today, whatever. It's an important food group. Whoa. I don't think frosting's an actual food group, Spud. In fact, I'm sure it's not. I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. It is in my world, man. Oh, I hear that. You used to be so critical of the frosting on cakes and cookies when you were young. And I guess even right now, last Christmas you threw out the cookies I made well, for you, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I know you did. I ran out of almond extract, and I know that is a must ingredient for frosting in your world, so you just I tossed do, them in the garbage, didn't you? Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, Aunt Dorothy. They sort of sucked, you know, without the almond extract. Oh, well, probably, um, but really. They tasted like frosted Safeway cookies, and you know how lame they mm. are. What are you objectifying on? Yeah, I, I, would, I probably would have had those, but uh, Spud, do you think we could discuss a topic that is much more germane to this show? I don't know any German, and you know I, I'm monolingual, <laughs> you know that, and only speak English, though I, I really want to learn Spanish. I love the poorly educated. You know, that's the language of the future. Well, not if President Trump is successful in making America great again. Oh, no. Then okay. we're going to have one language for a pretty darn neat country. No more speaking words from places other than right here. I think you and your fellow Trumpsters had better accept we're not returning to the 1950s. It's just no way. It's not happening. Get him out of here. Well, again, right away. Again, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one, Spud. But anyway, moving on to what I thought would be an interesting topic and could really help the show. I think you should give serious thought to becoming a YouTube star. 
What? Uh, yeah. I mean, my kids tell me that their favorite entertainers are all over on YouTube as they have their own channels, you know? I, I, I've never heard of these people, but to the youngsters out there, they're superstars, I guess. Um, we have our own YouTube channel right now. I, really? I, I think it's called the Spud Goodman channel, show channel, whatever. I, I don't know for sure because I don't watch it. Oh, sometimes I check it out when there's nothing on TV and I've seen everything on Netflix. You know, when I'm bored out of my mind. Uh, that's yeah. encouraging to hear when even our own staff don't watch the channel. I'm not sorry about that. That has to change if we want to take this show to the next level. YouTube could be just the vehicle to make that happen. Now, the issue is... Do you, Spud, have what it takes to be a YouTube star? Uh, I checked out a few of the stars that my kids seem to enjoy, and i got to tell you, it's not going to be easy. Well, what is the question? Well, if it's not going to be easy, then count me out. No, you know, no, no. I am not a kid anymore, and I don't have the focus or energy I know. You know, to do anything new oh, and demanding these nonsense, days. Spud. At my age, I belong to at least eight or nine clubs besides my many part-time jobs. See? And I, I still know. have time to volunteer at the local okay. YMCA. Maybe you need to look into buying Much. some Adderall from some college kids. They usually have extras left over from finals. Now, I don't need them, of course, but it might get you going a bit. How does that resonate for you in the bedroom you know that kind of presents a conundrum for me because they get you know it would give me more energy but i i can't really stop and lay down at night to go to sleep when i take a couple and so i i pace all night long and, and i'm back the next day feeling tired D does does cocaine or meth have the same side oh, effects <laughs> even yeah, worse yeah, yeah. but i can help you with this so there's no need to develop to develop a drug habit to become a youtube star this is doable even for you a star with money? Yeah. Um, that that sounds good, I guess, but I don't know. Uh, let's just get to our musical guest. We can talk about this a little later in the show. Okay. It is interesting, i got to say. See? All right, right. And, and by the way, we will be speaking with our musical guest just a little later. So here they are. Here is The Ground.
What if you never saw a thing go wrong? What if no one fell down beside you? You could think that things are mundane, things blow up despite you. I like people who try, I like you who try, I like you, and I like people. I like people that try, I like you who try, I like you, and I like people. Children. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is Louie Anderson, and I'm listening to the Spud Goodman Show to find out what dumb thing he's going to say next. Say, Spud, yeah. your first guest, John C. McGinley, is ready to speak with you. Good. You know, I was a big fan of his work on Scrubs. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. A very funny show. Um, hey, and also you need to take a look at his body of work because he has a really impressive resume. I mean, Oliver Stone put him in a bunch of his movies, and he's, and he's been in a, a ton of really cool indie films, too, like, of course, the still awesome Office Space. Oliver Stone. Yeah, he's that director who's so liberal, right? I don't feel comfortable watching his movies. That's ridiculous. That's why he makes them. He, you know, he uh, may stretch the truth just a little tiny bit, you know, but they're supposed to make people uncomfortable and think. If you want to sit and be anesthetized, keep watching those freaking Michael Bay movies. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my wife and I love Michael Bay movies. They are action Packed. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, b before John starts playing Candy Crush on his phone uh, while waiting on hold, could you just put him through? Oh, yeah, you bet. Please greet actor, author, and producer John C. McGinley. We appreciate you coming on our show, man. Thanks, bud. Yep. So you have a new film out now, The Belco Experiment. People need to look for it in their city. It, it sounds kind of scary. Uh, uh, can you share with us the basic premise it's without giving away? It's it's about these 80 employees, it's a work of fiction, it's about these 80 employees down in Bogota, Colombia, all American, who show up at work one day, some random work day, and before you know it, the building is sealed up in steel, and over the loudspeaker, uh, some strange voice says, if you don't kill 20 of your fellow employees, we'll kill 20. Oh. And so nobody pays attention to that. And it turns out that before you came down to Bogota, because Bogota is or was the kidnap capital of the world, you agreed to have a chip put in your neck. So if something ever does go wrong, we'll be able to come and find you. And unbeknownst to you, in that chip was put some C4. And so we cut back to our employees and a half hour goes by and nobody pays attention to it. And 20 heads blow up. Now we're having a conversation oh. and over the loudspeaker. It, it tells us that if you don't kill 20 more, we'll kill 40. And so behavior starts to happen. Extreme behavior starts to happen. People hide. People team up together. People try to escape. And, and that's when the Belco experiment, uh, which is the name of the movie, uh, starts to really cook when it becomes an, an exploration of extreme behavior. Wow. 
You know, that chip thing worked pretty well when I lost my dog, but I guess not so much with humans, at least in your movie. All right, anyway. Well, you didn't put any C4 in your dog's chip. No, I did not. This is That's a fact. All right, well, John, you have a bunch of major studio films on your resume, a number with the great Oliver Stone, like Platoon, Wall Street, and Nixon, but but smaller indie films are something you've gravitated to a lot in your career. These, these days, I guess, if there aren't major monsters or huge killing machine trucks or robots, you can't get a, a movie made anyway. So indies are the new normal, right, for anyone who wants to tell an actual story? Well, there's only, look, each studio is only going to do 12 to 14 films a year. So if you say there's five studios, so let's say that's 100 films. That's not that many films. And so if you have a script that is not uh, a monster or a superhero movie, uh, you got to find a way to, to get your story told. And so if you're a young filmmaker and, and you have a story you believe in, you try to raise the money and you try to shoot it. And sometimes those are the best scripts because the writer is telling his or her truth. And so that's the big seduction for actors to go and do these tiny little stories that sometimes never get seen. Uh, but the, the seduction is on the page. If it's, if it's a well-told tale, actors are storytellers and they want to be part of the storytelling process. Right. So if, if a script comes out here and it, it's really compelling, um, sometimes you, you jump in, sometimes you don't. Right. Well, uh, looking back, I, I must acknowledge your presence. Uh in the true masterpiece office space, still one of my all-time favorites. Uh, you must get hit on that, hit up on that a lot because that. Yeah, man- Mike Judge nailed that. I mean, he just—that was a really clean, well-told tale. That we we shot it very quickly in Austin, Texas. He put together a bulletproof ensemble, and that—that uh, that, he put that on the page. He, he was all there. People really just had to hit their marks and 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 bring what Mike put on the page. Uh, well, I, I I watch it repeatedly. Let's put it that way. All right, well, l- let me move on to uh, your television career because you've been quite active there also. And currently you star in the IFC series Stand Against Evil. But, you know, a billion people on planet Earth also remember you as Dr. Perry Cox. I got to go there. The, the quickest physician in medical history with a biting quip. So you were relentless in that role. Did you bring, ho- you know, Dr. Cox home with you at times and unload on friends and family? Because I think I saw every episode, all 182 of them, and he could be pretty brutal or you could, what, you know what I'm saying. No, I, I never bring stuff home. It's too exhausting. Um, and and we were working six, 16 hour days on, on Scrubs. And by the end of the week, I was I was done. I really just wanted to work out and surf and, and be with my family. All right, all right. Spud, yeah. well, maybe you should ask John here if he has any tips on how you can get your entertainment skills up to speed. You know, that's the first step if you really want to be a YouTube star. Hey, John, I'll give you just a moment here. I'm not going to ask John that. Talk about embarrassing. I doubt if he even knows how to find YouTube. Real Hollywood stars don't mess with that crap. Well, it was just a suggestion, but you're going to have to get some help somewhere, as right now, the only skill you have is to annoy guests, and that's not exactly something that's going to take you to the next level. I wouldn't denigrate that skill, as it's taken me this far. I owe my career to it, and yeah, it's something I maybe was born with, but still, not every talk show host has it. Yeah, no, not the successful ones. And don't try to get into my head, all right? I need to focus on finishing up this interview. Hey, any chance of a Scrubs reunion special? Maybe all of you are in private practice now and only work two days a week as you have nurse practitioners seeing most of your patients. I thought that might be an interesting angle. Much more time for character. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody pitches that. I mean, I just saw where Will and Grace got reconstituted and 
everything old seems new again. And I'd be very surprised if, if down the road that somebody doesn't pitch that. Oh, all right. Well, I'd, I'd be watching. So, all right. Well, on a personal note for you, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, you served as an ambassador to the National Down Syndrome Society and have been very active with the Special Olympics and also have been, a, you well, know. We got the we got the, the national games coming up to Seattle. I'm on the board of the oh. uh, the Seattle uh, Special Olympics. I was just up there a couple of months ago. One of our board meetings, Seattle is one of my favorite towns on the planet, if not my favorite town on the planet. And uh, we we have we have so many things in motion up in Seattle for our summer games next year that it just blow your mind. Very First cool. Washington's been a huge key component in this, and uh, we we have a, a group up there putting together these games that are just it's going to be the, they'll be the greatest summer games ever hosted. Wow. Well, I also wanted to say that you've taken a leadership role in the movement of spread the word to end the word. Uh, so and, you know this has been a long term commitment for you, correct? Yeah, my my son Max was born with Down syndrome 19 years ago, and he's doing fabulously. And I, I, I I'm in a position to be able to advocate for those who can't advocate for themselves. And with the Special Olympics and and the the component of spread the word to end the word, the board being retard and retarded, we just we reach out to people and hope that they can find a better way to express what they're trying to say than using those disparaging words. And the spread the word to end the word campaign has been something we've had a lot of success with. It's a it's a viral uh, movement where we don't want any money from you. We just want you to see we, we want to challenge you to use love and compassion and inclusion in your language in, instead of denigrating a population that never did anything to anybody. Right. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um... Well, uh, another part of your life, you're, you're a big hockey fan. Also, you know, I guess you'd say a Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, do do uh, you do the, uh, when they're out in California on the road trip thing, do you, do you catch a lot of their games? Well, my hockey, my hockey love was largely informed by Chris Chelios, who is a Hall of Famer who played for the Red Wings. And since Chelios has been gone, I've, I've, been, I've been woefully, woefully absent from my hockey fanaticism. And uh, I need to I need to find a new player who who's who who compels me. I will. All right, all right. There we go. Okay, well, you got stuff to do, so I'm gonna let you go. But I want to say again that your new movie, The Belco Experiment, is now showing at theaters nationwide. People need to check their local listings. So I want to thank you so much for calling into our show. Thank you, Spud. It's great to hear your voice. All right, Mr. John C. McGinley. It's great to be at Trump Tower. It's great to be in a wonderful city, New York. And it's an honor to have everybody here. This is beyond anybody's expectations. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, Spud. Yeah. It is time for our resident psychic, Ted Marr. Excellent. I love talking with Ted. Yeah. Do us plug. Oh, oh, okay. I'll do it right now. Uh, Ted Marr can be heard every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Please say hello to the Spud Goodman Show very own psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. I hope you're well, Ted. Hi, Spud. It's great to talk to you. I'm fine. Thanks. Yeah, super. You know, I've been Googling the names of some of the worst human beings ever to take up space on this planet, and I was wondering if in the afterlife, when they cross over, if they are still a**. You know, in life before death, very seldom do you see a real a**. 
change into a nice guy. It happens, but it's pretty rare if you ask me. I just can't see guys like, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh or Gene Simmons turning into warm and fuzzy spirits. They're just too set in their ways, right? Well, what happens is that everyone who goes to the other side goes through what's called a life review. And you experience all the things that you ever did to someone, and not only to people, but also to animals and plants and everything else from their perspective. And through, through that experience, most of the time, not all the time, but pretty much 100%, 99%, it mellows people out and it gives them a greater understanding. So people tend to become much better once they cross over. Well, if they are unable to change and not be then eternity must be tough without any friends. On Earth, they could at least pay people to be their friends or, or at least listen to them, you know, when they wanted to complain and, and bitch about stuff. Right, right. Well, they, they um, you know, it's this, this, this planet is like a big school where we all learn lessons. And um, one of the things that, that uh, people need to realize is that if you are, if you are nasty to someone, you'll have to, you'll have to experience their emotions eventually from their perspective um, at, at the end of your life when you do what's called a life review. Well, super. I'm not saying that you're one of those A-word people, but I do okay. believe we will all have to undergo a life review at the end of our lives. Look, no matter what version of heaven I end up in, yours or Ted's, I get it that there will be a review board, but with Ted's, I don't think I'm going to be deported to a place down below if I was a screw-up here on Earth. So I'm leaning on believing more in his heaven right now. Well... That would be a serious mistake on your part. You know it comes Well, maybe down. it will turn out to be. But I'm not making my final decision on what to believe in right now. I'm just saying what sounds like a heck of a lot more fun, if I had to choose right now, is his, okay? So just zip it, because I need to finish this up. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, I'm back. Well, do you think that all the in the afterlife hang out together like at like an elks club just for them or or do they mingle amongst all the rest of the dead people the, the non i guess i'm saying i'm hoping they keep we it themselves myself because <laughs> that's bad enough without having to deal with an in your face bitching about something all day long most of them hang out in a place called the fourth dimension it's called the astral plane and the lower parts of that astral plane and when you abuse drugs or alcohol your, your the cracks open cracks open up in your aura and and these entities can come into you and uh, cause you some problems wow all right well you know if you ever run across uh, Saddam Hussein or his two brat kids when you're traveling in you know in, in the in the areas that you travel well, you know I I just hope they have to spend forever with Joan Rivers and she destroys them with her best material forever, for like eternity. <laughs> they deserve it. But that's just anyway. <laughs> you ever run across Saddam Hussein ever? Anybody? Uh, I tend to stay away from negative entities. I don't like dealing with them. I don't like going there. I only try to stick, I try to stick with the only positive spirits. All right. Okay, fine. Okay, I know. I'm going to let you go. So, uh, but we are going to talk again, right? You're going to you're you're going to call in. You you know, I'm not on your get on your nerves that badly, right? I mean, you're going to yeah. stick with us, right? Please. Absolutely. You're always a lot of fun, Spud, and I and I really really enjoyable talking to you. You you know, our listeners love you. I got to say that from all our emails that we receive, uh, yeah, you're a rock star in uh, in the psychic world for sure. So, all right, there you have it, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks so much, Spud. Have a wonderful day. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. He had no money. He had no sense in his brain. He was Spud Goodman. 
but that didn't get in his way. He was a blind receiver on the wall of shame, and all the people joined in, cause they like how he swayed, they swayed like this. That's but Goodman. That's Goodman. It's but Goodman. It's but Goodman. It's but Goodman. Goodman. What good man? Good. Good. Man. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. All right, so getting back to you maybe becoming a YouTube star, and yeah. then if I did manage you with the standard 15% fee, I think what? you would need to understand the marketplace, as I know you're not real up on it. Uh, no, I always thought... No, I w- you, you would charge me, your best friend, 15% to manage me? Terrible. That is a ripoff if I've ever seen one. Best friend? Really? Well, I mean, uh, well, well, listen, we're, we're 15, kind of friends. 15% is Florida. the standard fee in Hollywood. But but YouTube is not Hollywood. That's the point. It's TV for those without talent or connections. Who needs a manager? I'm Teddy Powers. I tend to agree with Spud. YouTube is an alternative entertainment platform, and your fee, Gerald, sounds out of line. Whoa. Yeah. Spud, no, no, I no, would no. advise you not to sign any documents. Okay, right. okay. I hear you. First of all, you would have to prove yourself before I or an established talent manager would agree to take you on. You would have to generate some real interest. And currently, what what do you have? Like a thousand or two thousand subscribers to the Spud Goodman channel? Is that right? You know, because a lot of people eat tuna. It's like a lot of people eat chicken. So it's like the chicken of the sea. Well, you know, like I said, I don't I don't watch it, so I don't know how many people we have. I, I guess I should start watching it to see if it sucks or not. Really sucks, you know. I guess. Well. Frankly, it's my opinion that little or no effort has gone into the channel, so it will take a full rebuild to make it into something that grabs people's attention. That sounds like a whole lot of hard work, man, and you already know my position on that topic. (laughs) Hey, yeah, I do. But do you realize how much some of these YouTube stars stars make, Spud? It'll blow your mind. What, 10 grand a year? You know, maybe a week. Spud, the financial Seriously? possibilities are unlimited. Wow. Uh, that guy my kids love so much, his name's PewDiePie, who I might add who? is quite off color in much of his material, but he makes 15 million dollars no a year way. yes you heard me right and then there's this other guy who pulls pranks his name's roman atwood he makes about eight million dollars oh, wow a year. my goodness spud you might no want to rethink way. your aversion to work as uh-huh. this could really pay off yeah but it would require at least a 40 hour a week effort so you need to think carefully about this spud before i go any further in my planning what's it gonna be yo come on but you know, that would be like a 43 or 44 hour work week if, if I still do this radio show. Doing two jobs would just be too tough. Mm-hmm. Well, Spud, I've been at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle, South Seattle, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. For 17 years now. And I'm doing this radio show with you for a few <sighs> years. So no worries. Damn, I teed up. That plug for your stupid carpet store, it's not going to ever happen again. I just was careless. Well. But anyway, so if I do this, what would I, you know, what are we talking about? I, I will have to freaking entertain people. That's it, Don't right? Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I'm just a talk show host. And that's kind of a boring thing to watch uh, on a phone or a yeah. computer, you know, because there's no nudity. Listen, the one thing that I've picked up about almost all the big stars on YouTube is they are big on wacky, 
over-the-top antics and references uh, to video games. That is gold. I, I guess as kids love that sort of stuff. Well, I kind of enjoy physical humor myself. I was a big fan of Soupy Sales when I was younger. Wacky, huh? You know, that's sales, never yeah. been my thing. I don't really dig wacky, shticky kind of stuff, and I don't play video games. You know, but I can't sit still it. that long enough to play them. Hell no, you can't! Well, that's what the people want on YouTube. If you want to do subtle humor, then you can do a show for friends and family, sort of like this radio show. Uh-huh. And that's oh, that's not what the public okay. wants these days. Yeah. Spud, as your manager, I would advise you. Wait, 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 wait! I have down. not, I, I have not signed any contract with you or any manager. This is going way too fast for me. Time out. Good call, yo. Well, as you wish, but every day that goes by, you're further behind in the game. Do you think you're, o- you're the only untalented person who wants to make it big on YouTube? Get in line, Spud. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I would like to be a millionaire yes. you know, and, and have like 100,000 subscribers to my channel. But PewDiePie has over 49 million subscribers, and Roman Atwood has over 10 no million. Way. What'd you do? Screw up like the Beatles and say you were bigger than Jesus? Listen, the real players don't use the word thousand. That's just quaint. If we do this, we're going to have to think massive and globally. Uh, there's a guy from Chile, uh, German Germandia, who has 30 Oop. million subscribers. Oh, my God. But his show, it, well, it's in Spanish. And mm-hmm. since you don't speak the language, that market's out for right now. You know, I really, really want to learn how to speak Spanish. I know you, you know, do. So I could say hi to you know my listeners in Mexico. We have a bunch. Hi, how, how, how you guys doing? Um, but anyway, I, I, if I have to go to night school or something, if not for my career, uh, uh, you know, at least so I could order better at my you know favorite non-chain Mexican restaurant. Just oh. just once, I'd like to order in Spanish, and not have to you know ask the waiter to you know like basically point at something on the menu and ask for help. Yeah. You know, but anyway. <laughs> Right now, why don't you see if our if our next guest is ready to go? Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, the board is telling me your next guest, Jennifer Beals, is ready. Cool. You know, I I interviewed her way back on my old cable TV show. She was on a she was on a promotional tour for some movie. I forgot but, which one. No, that's right. No, I remember. Flashdance. No, no, it, it wasn't that. It was. Oh, it was. I'll talk to her about it. Well, anyway, that movie was a little too racy for me, but it was really popular. Are you going to ask her about it? No, but... She's kind of known no, for No, I'm it. not going to ask her about that movie, as I know she's burned out on it, but there are plenty of other topics oh. and films you know, to run by her. She's, she's done a whole lot of stuff. You know, I think even my wife, Rachel, occasionally wore one of those uh, cut-off sweatshirts over the shoulder and hot socks. I saw some pictures of her before we got married. She was quite a looker. The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. Uh, you might want to amend that past tense tag there. I- I'm no marriage therapist, uh, but not a good use of words, especially if she's listening right now. Uh, oh, yeah, I-, I think she is. And honey, if you can hear me, you are still a total looker, believe me. Yes! Um, you think that cheap compliment's going to rescue you? I, I think she'll I love it. I think yeah. so. But hey, just let me speak with Jennifer, please. Oh, yeah, here she is. Welcome to the show, actress Jennifer Beals. Thanks for checking in with us. Oh, my pleasure. Excellent. So uh, you're currently starring in the NBC series Taken, which airs each Monday night at 10, 9 central. You play the character Christina Hart, the deputy director of special intelligence. That's a heavy job. She doesn't have much free time, you know, in, in storylines, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, she doesn't have a lot of free time. And the free time that she does have, she devotes to her orchids, which is 
quite lovely. But yes, she she oversees an elite team of uh, secret government operatives who oh. basically uh, deal with America's national security emergencies. So you can imagine she's very, very busy, and she's holding a lot of uh, secrets, and, and she's definitely in this terrain of moral ambiguity when she um, takes Brian Mills, who's the character from the Taken films, she takes him under her wing and has him join her team. All right, super. Um, you know, a little later in the program, we'll be speaking with uh, one of your co-stars, uh, Gaius Charles, who, so I guess we're all about okay. uh, all about Taken on this particular show. So um, so you're also co-starring in the new Amazon TV series, The Last Tycoon. When's this start actually uh, going to hit the, you know, airwaves? You know what? I don't know when it starts airing. I have one more episode to shoot, and I've I've shot a few already, and it's such a pleasure. Um, it's a character that's 180 degrees away from Christina Hart, and that she's a movie star from the 30s. Her name is Margot Taft, and and I had the great pleasure of working with Kelsey Grammer and Matt Bomer on that oh, project, and very cool. It's been a lot of fun. All right, super. Um, well, you know, you have a really long list of credits, like 50 films and counting, and no, I'm not going to go down that flash dance road, but I did interview you on my TV show way, way back on a film that I don't even know if you remember, uh, Blood and Concrete. It was an, inter an interesting indie film. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You were very nice, by the way, back then. I'm, I'm sure you're still very nice these days, too. But anyway, <laughs> so my question is, do, do you have vivid memories of each of your uh, movies, or are some just a faint memory after so many years of constant work? I mean, do you, do you have to look at your own IMDb to remember some of them? Um, some of them, I mean, I when the title comes up, I have vivid memories, you know, like for Blood and Concrete, for example, uh, I got to work with the wonderful musician Andy Preboy because I had to sing in the film, and and I remember rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing for that film, and, and just what a pleasure that was to work with him and to to try to sing like that character and behave with that character. Right, okay. Well, are you and Jodie Foster the only Hollywood stars who hit pause on their movie careers to stay and graduate from Yale? I was just curious. Not many would be willing to take that risk, you know, that the career would still be there after well, graduation? You know there's a lot of people, I think, that have now. I know really? Natalie Portman went to college and Claire oh. Danes went to college. Oh. Um, and there's probably many more that I'm, I'm not aware of. Obviously, Brooke Shields went, I remember, because she was at Princeton time that I was at Yale. Wow, a whole lot. Okay, well, I guess my question was, did your agent bug you much in, uh, while you were at school at all to get back to work ever, or was it, what, did they leave you, did no, the agent leave you alone? She was really wonderful, and she did send me, she would send me scripts, um, but but she knew that I was working hard at school, and so she really sent me the ones that she was most excited about. Oh, all right, super. Well, Jennifer, you're not one of those soft Hollywood movie stars as you are proficient in kung fu, kickboxing, and you compete as a triathlete. I take it you don't sip fine wines while getting your uh, nails done much because you're truly badass. I know, but I, I don't know where this thing came out where I do kung fu because I don't do kung fu. Yeah, but it sounds cool. Kung fu. It sounds cool. That would be amazing. I did study some martial arts, but not, not really. I mean... No, I would never call myself a martial artist, but I did do triathlons. I will cop to that. Wow. Well, even if, you know, even if you like, I don't know, made one move in Kung Fu, you could still say, anyway, never, that's just my take. I, I would, I would take it. But, <laughs> all right. I mean, it's, it's on the internet. Come on. So, all right, let me ask you this. <laughs> I love it. I love it that I've been given all these skills. That's right. It's phenomenal. It makes me want to go take a Kung Fu class. 
That's right. Okay, so you were, you know, let, let me hit you with this question. If you were suddenly anointed king of the world, what would be your first decree? Mine would be like uh, free HBO and Showtime for everyone on Earth after food and water, of course. But what would your first... Well, I'd reinstate the Clean Water Act, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd start cleaning up the planet. Because without the planet, we, we, there's no future. So I would start there with environmental... They're kind of dismantling every, every basically oversight and every protection in our existence in this country right now. It kind of seems that way, huh? Yes, it feels that way. And, and I remember the days going flying into Los Angeles where you couldn't breathe. Yep. I remember that. And I remember, you know, rivers being so filthy. I remember that. That was in my lifetime. And, and we can't go back. We cannot go back in time. Yeah, you could see the air. I remember back then. It was kind of like uh, Beijing or something, right? Anyway, yeah. Yeah, right. and it, it, not that it's perfect now, but back then it was really horrible. It was, yes. Spud, please do not insinuate that President Trump is in favor of dirty air and dirty water. Uh, excuse me, Jennifer, just for a second. Yes. What? I've never heard him or anybody in his cabinet state that they were pro-pollution. All he and his people are trying to do is make America great again. But but does he have to let the coal companies go back to dumping their waste into nearby streams? D does the government really need to tell automakers now there's no need for better mileage requirements? And, and does that doofus new EPA head really have to request his agency cut their budget by 24% to start? Really? You think that the head of Exxon or something was now working in our government? You know, you really need to read the Fox News website as they answer all of your concerns about issues like clean air and clean water. You um, obviously are reading fake news. Don't buy into that propaganda, Spud. Uh, okay, thanks for the heads up. I feel a lot better now. See? Look, I'm still going to Home Depot this weekend and buy a buttload of those respirator masks, and you'll be begging me for a few of them real soon, okay? But let me get back to Jennifer. I, I gotta finish this interview. Okay, okay. All right, well, I know you have so many things going on in your life. I'm going to hit you with this last question. Um, I'm going to close with it. I don't know if I hit you with this 20-some years ago when I spoke with you, but I, I asked most of my guests. Uh, so, Jennifer Beals, what would, what's been your most memorable moment to this point in show business? My most memorable moment in show business. You mean on set? Yeah, just anything at all. Anything just jump out at you, just a little quick thing that... Uh... Well, the thing that jumps out at me, and I wouldn't say a moment, but I did a show called Proof that really meant a lot to me. I loved doing that show. And, and that was a very, very special show for me. All right, super. All righty, well, let me say again um, that the show you star in, Taken, airs each Monday night at 10, 9 Central. Um, I want to thank you uh, so much, I guess I could say, for coming back on my show. So, um, yes, I want to thank you. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, Miss Jennifer Beals. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman show. show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to the ground. Gentlemen, proclaim your legal identities and instrument of choice. I'm Scott, I play guitar and sing. I'm Dave, and I also play guitar and sing. I'm Pat, I play bass and sing. I'm Aaron, and I play the skins. All right, super. So the band has a brand new CD out titled Sugar Balls, and our listeners can find it at bandcamp.com. So let me ask, if you sell a million CDs, do you get a platinum CD? Because that'd be tough to hang on the wall. You're absolutely right. I think we're uh, hoping for 
an acrylic CD. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. All yeah. right, super. Um, now, y- you guys are from all over the country, right? So the, like, uh, we'll identify where you guys are from. I'm Scott. I'm from Texas. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> all right, that's, my too, that's a little bit too much information, but okay, go He on. likes walks on the beach. Okay. No, I'm, 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 I'm uh, from Texas, too. Oh, all right. Kentucky. And I'm Pat. I'm from Washington, Olympia, Seattle. Oh, I, I know that area. Vancouver, USA. Kentucky, and then Cleveland. Okay, super. So what's the band's position, um, the earth possibly being flat, true or not? It seems to be a trending topic on social media. And who saw this coming, you know? What do you think? It's a really good question. Um, you know, I've been up in the air, and it looked like it curved a little bit, but it could just be kind of half flatty, kind of curvy. I think the earth is lumpy. Okay. You might, you might have seen the meniscus. So nobody's really okay. So you're you're still kind of on, kind of hanging there, not really okay. We're well, not ready to take a position. I'm I'm blaming Kyrie Irving and Draymond Green, but I don't know. It seems to be just it's taking on a life of its own now. It's it's just strange. But anyway, all right. So what's the name of the next song, and is there a backstory to it? You know, the next song is uh, is called Cop Job, and like the flat Earth. Cops have seen it been in the news a lot lately, and we, uh, you know, I don't have a. It's, it actually doesn't take a strong position either. It just kind of talks about it. Well, it's a super. love letter to the Olympia <laughs> Police Department. Okay, well, let's do it. from the Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. Spud, uh, yeah. your last guest, Gaius Charles, is waiting on hold. 
We'll put him through. Now, he was on that TV show you loved so much, Friday Night Lights, right? Yeah, he was really good as Brian Smash Williams. Right now, he's on that same show as Jennifer Beals, Taken. It's on NBC. Why do you think you enjoyed that show about a high school football team so much? I thought you didn't play football in high school. Well, I did try out to be the manager, but I got cut. Tom Brady loves me. They said I didn't fold towels fast enough, Hmm. and, and I got on the nerves of the coach. I still supported the team throughout the season from the stands, and I went to most of the home games. You know, that's unfortunate you didn't get a chance to play. I was a three-year starter at right guard on my team. Uh, Shut up. It was so much fun. Lifetime memory, Spud. You played high school football? I did not know that. Well, you never asked me. I was second team honorable mention my senior year. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Was this flag football or one of those eight-man teams? I could have made one of those teams, you know, for sure, or at least been a manager on one. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Our school had over 3,000 students. We were in the largest classification. Spud, well, it's been so many years for both of us. I guess there's no need to relive those days now, right? Maybe. I'll be the judge of that. Bring in your freaking high school annual next week, because I have to see it to believe it. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Now just put Gaius on it, right? Uh, oh, yeah, you got it. Say hello to actor Gaius Charles. Hey, man, thanks for checking in with us. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are now co-starring in the NBC series Taken, airing on Monday nights at 10, 9 central. You play John, no last name. So you're you're a secret ops dude. So I just wanted to say I like the fact that you don't have a last name on the show because I should drop my last name too. It's kind of like the soccer players from Brazil. (laughs) It's very cool. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, we're we're special ops folks, so you know you can't necessarily go around giving out your full name and ID. You know. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let me hit you with this. Uh, I know you've, you're probably tired of it, but in addition to your career in film, uh, you've done quite a bit of work on network TV, and of course, all of America does remember you as Brian Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights. In my opinion, one of the greatest TV shows this century. That's my take. So. Um, oh, thank you, man. Wow. Absolutely. Um, you know, you did 41 episodes, so when you were done, did it feel like you'd used up your eligibility as a football player, no more chances to suit up and, you know, play again? That must have been a bummer. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, because I, then I did a couple of uh, guest star roles on a show called Necessary Roughness. And oh, yeah. I got to tell you, there's, uh, and that was like a football show, too. But I get so many offers to do football shows, man, <laughs> and, and and projects, and it, it's great. But I also, uh, you know, don't necessarily want that to be the only thing people will remember my work for. So I try to keep it uh, keep it a little diverse. Yeah, I got you. I guess that's probably true. But I got like one more question on, on that show, though, because um, we had QB one uh, for the Dylan Panthers on Matt Saracen. Okay, okay, Zach Gilford. But um, and, and I yeah. asked him, yeah. Well, I asked him how intense the game and practice stuff was, and he said there was some serious hitting going on. So, did you ever get stuck by some extra that wanted to lay you out ever? Uh, no, actually, you know, we had a lot of the same stunt people from the movie. So, uh, if you guys remember the Friday Night Lights yep. movie, I think it was like yep. two thousand and four. We had a lot of that same crew come back. So those guys were pros, um, and they were actually really generous. And, you know, they, they were part of helping us make that world come to the screen in terms of just bringing the reality of Texas football. So uh, we had a great crew, a great stunt team, and, you know, they were an uh, integral part of making that show a success. Okay, all right, super. Well, you were later a regular on Grey's Anatomy. At one time, must-see TV for just about every woman I know. So I would think things got a little weird for you at the grocery store and at the mall during that period. 
<laughs> you got a lot of great Japanese fans. You know, it's it, it's amazing because um, you know, I, you know, I travel. I've been to different countries and you know different parts of the the, the states and. Um, you know, usually folks either recognize me from Friday Night Lights or Grey's Anatomy, and you know, whenever it happens, uh, it's a blessing and a compliment and an encouragement. So, uh, yeah, but folks take their Grey's Anatomy seriously. So it, it was really cool to be part of that show. Say, Spud. Yes. If you have a problem with my management fee of fifteen percent, you might want to ask what he pays his representation. What are you babbling about? Well, if you do embark on a YouTube career and I'm able to help you earn significant income, well, you're getting a bargain with me on your team, as what? I am certain he also pays an agent, too. So really, you're getting off cheaply, as I could double charge you if I wanted. Double charge? Spud, all major stars in show business have both a manager and an agent. It's a double hit. It's just the cost of being a star. There's no way I'm paying two guys no matter how much money I'm making. See, there are so many problems being rich, it's just not worth the hassle. Well, that is very short-sighted. Uh, tell you what I might be willing to go with, a sliding scale, depending on your overall gross income. But we can talk about it later. Man, you're starting to sound like Michael Ovitz or Bernie Brillstein all of a sudden, but you don't even have any clients unless I go with you. I say 2% is fair. No, oh, no, no, no. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, you've also done some serious theater in your career. Among many productions, you did like Othello with Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I wanted to ask you, yeah. do you prefer stage work over film or TV? I know the food isn't nearly as good in theater. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. Um, working with some of the folks that I worked with in that production, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, John R.T., like, you know, that was amazing. That was just amazing. Um, you know, I, I grew up doing theater. That, that's sort of where I started. And so, you know, it's always something that I, that I love, um, you know, something I cherish. Um, I trained in theater. You know, I, I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in, in um, drama and acting. So, so, you know, theater is something that's very... Um, you know, that, that I just love and enjoy. Um, but in terms of just where I am now in my career, um, you know, I like doing film and television. I still get offers to do plays uh, quite often, and I just have to kind of be, you know, a little bit more choosy, just scheduling-wise, the way it works out. But be honest, the food and theater's crappy, right? There's no craft services. I gotta say though, so we did this play, so we did Othello in um, Vienna and Germany and we brought it back to the States. And they had some pretty good food over in Vienna. The craft, the craft table in the Vienna theater production was pretty good. So uh, usually, yeah, usually film and TV wins out in the craft services department, but you get a chance to do a play over in Europe, you might, uh, you might be pleasantly surprised by the craft table. Why didn't I, let me ask you this on that note because I talked to other actors about the theater uh, food scene. Uh, it's an interest of mine. Um, why do you think U.S. theaters try to go on the cheap and make you like have to bring in your own food, like uh, your own lunch for like a dub, like a matinee on Sunday? You got to bring some your own food to get through the day. Well, I think I think it's probably just because you know overseas, like in Europe and the U.K. and different areas, theaters normally subsidized heavily by the government. You know, so there's a lot more oh. money to support what they do, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like you can go to the West End and you can see a, you know, you can see a play. Like I remember being over there and seeing, um, you know, shows for like, um, I guess the equivalent of like 
20 or 30 bucks, which is, or even less, you know, which is amazing. Yes, you know, where yes. here, if you're going to go see a Broadway show, you're shelling out at least 60, you know, 45 to 50 or 60 bucks. So um, I just think it, there's more support for the arts in certain countries and certain, you know, certain areas in the world. All right. And, um, you know, that translates down. All right. Well, I'll close this thing with uh, this one. Where, where do you see yourself in like 10 years? Any goals or dreams that you hope to see come to life? Maybe an EGOT someday. Uh, yeah, what is that? Like Emmy, <laughs> uh, Grammy, Oscar, Tony kind of thing? Yeah. That would be amazing, man. That would be awesome. Um, you know, there's some projects that I'm developing that I would like to see uh, brought to the screen. Um, obviously, you know, I'll continue to grow my career as an actor. And then also to be able to create opportunities and produce and direct some more as well. That would be great. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let me remind everyone that Taken, uh, the show you co-star in, airs each Monday night at 10, 9 central on NBC. We appreciate you Absolutely. coming on our show, man. Oh, thanks so much. You have a great one. All right, Mr. Gaius Charles. My, how time flies. Hey, okay, okay. Let's just say I give this YouTube star thing a, a shot. Yeah. Just how goofy would I have to be? I mean, I do have standards. I, I'll only go so far in debasing who I am and embarrassing myself. Yeah, well, <laughs> from what I can pick <laughs> up. No, it's not, don't laugh. It's it's funny. Not, I'm not, there's only so far I'm going to go with this. Doing rather juvenile stunts seems to be really popular. I know my kids enjoy this uh, duo, Rhett and Link as they eat uh, scorpions or like the world's hottest Ooh, pepper. Sounds good. The more gross the act, the more enjoyable it is for the audience, I guess. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. You know, my wife will never let them on YouTube anymore, but I, I'm the softie in the family, so I loan them my iPad when, you know, where YouTube, it's not blocked. Well, yet. Rachel, if, if you're listening, honey, I hardly ever let them watch Rhett and Link anymore because they are disgusting for sure. I, I'm really not into eating bugs and stuff that, that'll make me cry or throw up. I mean, that, that's, that's a non-starter. Can I be a millionaire without doing, you know, doing dumb junior high stuff? I don't think so. Because I didn't do that stuff when I was in junior high, so I'm sure as hell not going to start now that I'm an old man. Uh -huh. well, actually, the old man doing gross teenage acts might just be YouTube gold. Yes! I hadn't thought about that marketing angle, Well, I'm not, I'm not that old. I don't wear the pens or anything. I, you're, you're I was just enough. comparing myself to most of uh, you know, the YouTube stars you mentioned. I, I guess you know most are in that millennial age group. Yeah. Those are the ones who stayed home and didn't vote in the last election, right? Oh, those video game playing snot-nosed kids gave us Trump. Too busy or too bored to vote? Give me a break. You know, I prefer to look at it as they deferred to wiser minds who really? made the correct choice, and very soon oh. America will be great again. But listen, staying yeah, on task here, right. are you ready, Spud, to make a commitment on the air right here? It, it can't hurt to get your listeners behind this effort. No matter that it's only a handful of people compared to, say, PewDiePie, it's better than nothing. I think they call it synergy in Hollywood. Let's synergy? harness what few supporters you have for when we launch this project. What's your name, scumbag? Well, if, if it was so easy, we'd have a lot more subscribers to our channel right now. I, I don't think my fans are followers. If we ask them to get behind...
find something, they're probably going to do the opposite. So if we're smart, we should ask them to avoid the Spud Goodman YouTube channel at all costs. That might and work. it only makes common sense. Well, I might check it out if you told me to stay away. I like to walk on the wild side sometimes. Well, that would be I a novel marketing plan for sure. But l let me give it some thought, but maybe you could ask your listeners to send you their feedback on what they would want to see in a new and improved Spud Goodman YouTube channel. This is going to be cool. Uh, I don't know about that. It's a, I'm pretty sure they're going to ask for what I can't deliver, like entertainment, video game references, and maybe nudity too. Everybody digs that. I mean, and nobody wants to see me take off my clothes, even for laughs. <laughs> I would agree with that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, nudity is not something I'd feel comfortable with anyway, so that is not something that's on the table, but you must get up to speed with video games and learn how to entertain people. I mean, the bar is set so low with this radio show that it will take a much greater effort on your part. Yeah, effort? E -e. That's just not going to happen. You can do you it. You know, maybe maybe we should take this up down the road, you know, much later. It would be cool to be popular and make a few mil a year, but at what price? Oh, at what price? It's worth it. There there's a reason I don't watch those doofuses on YouTube, because I hate that crap they do. Jumping mm. up and down and screaming goofy things isn't my deal. It, well, yeah, what is your deal? I'm still trying to figure that out. Ha ha ha. We all know that. You can laugh at me all you want. I doubt you will ever figure that out, Gerald, as our family sure hasn't. Um, again, that, that that's between me and my God, okay? Mm. That's so hot. Uh, let me close this show as, as I'm getting the sign. I got to wrap it up. So I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is The Ground. I might the Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin and Trent Patello. Video director T.J. Pite. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Derek Schneider, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. America's who we are. The new America's who we are. The new America's who we are.
You have been listening to The Spy Gilman Show, another program written and produced by the international staff of United Nations Radio. Uh-huh.